And what is up, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. This is sort of the post-NFL draft edition of the podcast, and I'm mainly going to stick with the Tennessee Titans as it relates to their draft class and what I expect from them, but... And, of course, I'll get into some of my winners and losers of the draft here in a minute. But I'd like to begin by sort of addressing the elephant in the room as it relates to the Tennessee Titans as we come out of the draft here. And... That is that A.J. Brown is no longer a member of the Tennessee Titans. And he is now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is because the Tennessee Titans made the trade with the Eagles for a couple of draft picks. One of which was used to select... A.J. Brown's, quote, replacement, unquote, in Traylon Burks. I'll get to him momentarily. But about this trade, look, as a fan, obviously it's devastating because it's very hard to imagine the Tennessee Titans offense without A.J. Brown in it. And that is because of mainly because of the production that A.J. Brown had with the Titans over his first three years in the league. Because he made he really went a long way into making the Titans offense multi dimensional where that the box is not stacked on every single play to account to account for obviously Derrick Henry and the running game. But AJ he's just been a huge weapon for Ryan Tannehill over the course of the last few years. And so, obviously, the qu- the question is, where do the Titans go from here? And I'll g- I'll get to the draft here in a minute, specific specifically with Traylon Burks, but they've sort of been retooling the offense, so to speak, because they bring in Robert Woods in a trade from with the. Los Angeles Rams, and they sign Austin Hooper at the tight end spot, and I guess they're hoping that those two moves can continue to provide some weapons in the passing game, but also, as I mentioned, continue to alleviate the pressure from Derrick Henry, especially as he uh, continues to 
come back from the foot injury. But another way to improve the offense, and this is where I'm going to get into the draft, is with the pick that they got from the Philadelphia Eagles, 18 overall, uh, which they used to select Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from the University of Arkansas. And look, I, I love Traylon Burks. I do not, I, re- I really do not have an issue with that selection. I love the selection. But honestly, I'd, and frankly, I just would have loved it a little more if they had selected Traylon Burks to get to go along with a guy like A.J. Brown. But hindsight being twenty twenty on that that trade that trade, excuse me. But hindsight being twenty twenty on that trade, Traylon Burks had better come in and produce because obviously. If you're a first-round draft pick, you're expected to come in and not only not only potentially start right away, but put up big numbers as well. And when you trade a guy who was a second-round draft pick and was not necessarily to... Uh, become what he became in A.J. Brown, uh, you've sort of got very big shoes to fill because A.J. Brown sort of, as I said, came from being a second-round draft pick to sort of bursting onto the scene and becoming A.J. Brown. But... You know, Traylon Burks has got very big shoes to fill, so to speak. And, you know, when you turn on on the film, he's obviously very productive. But it's going to be interesting to see how the Titans offense can sort of gel together with not having A.J. Brown and with having uh, Traylon Burks now in the fold. The second round pick by the Tennessee Titans sort of puzzled me, I guess would be the correct word for it, because the second round pick was the uh, corner from... Auburn named Roger McCreary. And the reason I say it puzzles me is because not not necessarily because of Roger McCreary, but it's the fact that the Titans have been 
sort of addressing they've been sort of addressing the cornerback spot over the last few years, particularly in the draft. And going going back to their first round pick last year, Caleb Farley, who struggled to get on the field because of sort of nagging injuries that plagued him while he was coming out of college. But it's not only Caleb Farley. Uh, You look at a a guy like Christian Fulton, who was sort of destined, I guess, for the, the nickel corner spot. And you look at a guy that they selected in the, I believe it was the third round last year, in Elijah Molden, who really came on strong uh, during the latter part of this past season. But I guess the reasoning behind the pick is because, mainly because of insurance, because of Caleb Farley's injury, and so if Caleb Farley struggles to get back on the field, or if he struggles in terms of his play, when he does make it back to the field, uh, you want to have a younger guy like a Roger McCreary to fill the gap. And obviously, you know, those guys are not the only major factor in the secondary. You also have a guy like Buster Screen, who I really like last year. I think he was a really invaluable member of that unit. But hopefully the Titans have made enough moves to where they feel comfortable with the unit that they have going forward. And whatever Roger McCreary's role ends up being, The Titans are obviously hoping that he can excel in it. All right, moving on to the third round. The uh, Titans had two picks in the third round, one one of which really excites me. I'll get to him in just a minute, but the First third-round pick that the Tennessee Titans had was Nicholas Petit-Freer, I believe is how you pronounce his name, the offensive tackle from the Ohio State University, as they say, and my thoughts on this are that Nicholas will be coming into a room 
that has a lot of questions, particularly uh, at the guard at the guard spot more than the tackle spot, I would say, because with the release of a guy like Roger Saffold, who was released for sort of cap salary cap casualty purposes, uh, you sort of have some holes to fill. And I guess the Titans are hoping that a guy like Dylan Radins, who they picked in the second round of last year's draft, is more suited for that guard, that left guard position Obviously, they drafted him as a tackle, and has he uh, has obviously played some guard and some tackle uh, since he's been with the Titans. But if Raiden, if Dylan Raiden's wired to slide to that guard spot then obviously you've got to make sure you have some competition at the right tackle spot as well. Obviously, the left tackle spot is currently filled by Taylor Lewan. One one interesting thing I took away is that I heard one of the analysts on the draft after the Titans had selected uh, Nicholas Petit Frere, uh, I heard them say that he could possibly be a long-term replacement for Taylor Lewan at the left tackle spot, which I thought was pretty interesting and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting development as the years go by and Taylor Lewan gets more and more tread on his tires so to speak and gets a little bit older it's going to be interesting to see what the left tackle position looks like for the Titans at that point. But I guess I'm a fan of this pick because it provides some more competition on the O-line. And of course, in today's NFL, you can really never have enough offensive linemen. All right. The second third-round pick that the Tennessee Titans had. And they actually traded up, I believe, I believe four spots to draft the guy who I believe could be, not knock on wood, the uh, Tennessee Titans quarterback of the future, and that is Malik Willis from Liberty University. And 
Obviously, you guys, if you remember my mock draft that I did last week, I actually had had Malik Willis uh, going sixth overall to the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, they did not uh, go that route and decided to go with Iki Aquino from North Carolina State, but this pick by the Titans is very big because, as I said, uh, Malik Willis could be the guy after this year, you know. Ron, they obviously have Ron Tannehill in place for 2022, but after the 2022 season, there is no more guaranteed money in Ron Tannehill's current contract. And when you get a guy who has first-round upside... When you can draft a guy that has first-round upside midway through the third round, that is obviously a very good value pick. And, you know, as a Tennessee Titans fan, you have to be excited And Malik Willis, when you when you turn on the tape, certainly he has a certain playmaking ability that excites you as a fan. But circling back to Ryan Tannehill, if the Tennessee Titans do decide to move on from Tannehill... Uh, after this upcoming season, and I ha- and I have every expectation that they will decide to do so. It's very good that they've already drafted the guy who Tannehill will now be developing to eventually take over his job. And from everything I've seen, there's been no no conflicts uh, between the two. Although, although I, d- I do think it's sort of interesting that the Titans decided to not consult with Ryan Tannehill before selecting Malik Willis. But I do not think that there's going to be a riff in the locker room because everything I've seen and know about Malik Willis is that this is a very, seems to be be a very phenomenal young man. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do 
in the Tennessee Titans uniform. And we'll hopefully, and uh, that hopefully is going to be him turning into the next uh, Steve McNair Jr., as I've been calling him. But, of course, that remains to be seen, and I very much look forward to watching Malik Willis's progressions as he moves forward. All right, on to the fourth round. The Titans had two fourth-round picks, the, f- the first of which was Hassan Haskins, the running back from the University of Michigan. And this is a guy who absolutely dominated during the college football not not necessarily the college football playoff because Michigan's game in the college football playoff semifinal did did not exactly go according to their plans they were of course throttled by the eventual champion Georgia Bulldogs but When you look back over the course of the regular season, uh, a lot of Michigan's success had to do with the running game. And, of course, the two big cogs in the rushing attack for the Wolverines were their two running backs, uh, Blake Corum and, of course, Hassan Haskins. And so I think I think this is a guy who is going to make a very good com- complement to Derrick Henry. Obviously, he is not going to come in and replace Derrick Henry right off the bat anyway. But when you lose a guy like Deontay Foreman, who was phenomenal in Henry's relief last season. Uh, When you lose a guy like that, you want to, of course, make sure that you do not lose that production. And so I think adding a guy like a Hassan Haskins is a very good step in the right direction for the Titans. The second fourth-round pick that the Titans had was uh, Chig Okonkwo, who is a tight end out of the University of Maryland. And this is a guy who... And I... I, uh, did, of course, I didn't really hear that much about him uh, during the season last year, but this is a guy who I've heard, and from what I've read, is basically built like a Johnny Smith. And, of course, for Titans fans, 
Johnny Smith is a name that you'll know very well. Obviously, he's no longer with the Titans, but he, Johnny, uh, played a big role in uh, the Titans' success over the last few seasons, and I believe the Titans sort of envision a guy like Chig Okonkwo in that mold. Uh, I have read that he needs to sort of put on a little more weight, but I think once he does, then you're going to see those flashes in his play that remind you of a guy like a, like a Johnny Smith. And I, th- I think another reason why this is a very good pick is because of the injury concerns of a guy like Austin Hooper, who I really see being there, being the... Uh, tight end one, so to speak, for the Titans, but again, with his injury history, there's a lot of uncertainty that's involved, and obviously the uh, Titans are hoping that nothing happens to Austin Hooper, certainly, on the injury front. But I think they believe that a guy like a Conquo is a very good insurance policy. All right, the fifth round, the Titans only had one fifth round selection, and that was Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver from UCLA. And I, th- I think they envision him more of in a slot role, especially to go along with guys like Traylon Burks, who's going to be taking over that outside role from, obviously, the departed A.J. Brown. And Robert Woods, who, of course, is going to line up on the other side. And can play inside some, but I believe is more suited to be a outside receiver in this offense. And so, so a guy like you, you might ask, well, what what's going to happen in the slot? And I think this is where a guy like a Kyle Phillips comes in. And hopefully uh, can add some value and competition to that role with guys like uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina, who made some very good plays in a pinch last season, and Des Fitzpatrick, who they also selected last year is another name to watch. Uh, I've, I've not seen 
the list of of not saying the full list of undrafted free agents that the Titans have picked up, but I would imagine that they would pick up some receivers on the UDFA market as well to try to compete for that slot role. But again, there's there's going to be a lot of moving parts on the Titans offense this season and the slot receiver competition is going to, going to be a very interesting one to watch especially with the addition of a guy like Kyle Phillips. All right, the sixth round, rounding out the Titans draft, the the sixth round, they only had two picks, and the first of which is a guy who, uh, Tennessee Tennessee, uh, volunteer football fans will know very well, and that is Theo Jackson, the corner from the University of Tennessee. And Theo Jackson's a guy who is going to add some, more than anything, toughness to the uh, secondary Obviously, he displayed a lot of that during his time in Knoxville, and I fully expect Theo Jackson to bring that sort of competitive mentality with him to Nashville with the Titans. And rounding out the draft with their last pick, they, the uh, Titans selected Chance Campbell, the linebacker from Ole Miss, who spent his first three years at the University of Maryland, and Trent, and uh, this past year, hopped on the Lane train, so to speak, with Lane Kiffin in Oxford. and decided to help out the Ole Miss defense. Uh, from, from everything I've seen from Chance Campbell, he is a tackling machine. And I fully expect him to be involved mainly up front, uh, Mainly up front, obviously in the front seven, but I expect him to sort of be making some open field tackles to sort of limit yardage, obviously. And obviously, when you turn on his tape from Ole Miss, he certainly did a very good job of doing that. It's going to be interesting to see how he is used, especially with the Titans sort of having a full uh, linebacker room. 
especially at inside linebacker, which is where I think Campbell will mainly be used. But when you have a when you have a linebacker room that has a guy like that, your two starters, I would I would imagine, and David Long and Zach Cunningham. Uh, there's obviously going to be some competition involved behind those guys with a guy like Monty Rice, who you selected last year, and a guy like Dylan Cole, who they decided to bring back as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how a guy like Chance Campbell can come in and what his role would be when he does make it onto the field. But it's going to be one of those many competitions that we end up watching in the preseason. All right, that is it for the Tennessee Titans draft class for 2022. If if I had to grade it, I would probably, and I'm, I'm going to try to be fair and unbiased here, even though I, I am a homer, obviously. Uh, if I were to, to grade this draft, I would give it a B with the potential for lack of a better phrase, extra credit if a guy like Malik Willis were to eventually become the franchise quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. All right, speaking of grades, I'm gonna get I'm gonna touch on this very quickly. Uh, my my big winner from the NFL draft and part of me cannot believe part of me cannot believe part of me just I can't believe I'm saying this my big winner from the draft is the New York JETS 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 because in the first round, they came away with three first-round draft picks, all of which were, in most draft experts, quote-unquote, uh, most of their top 50 prospects. When you get a guy like Sauce Gardner at number four overall, when you, when you get a guy like Garrett Wilson at number 10. And then you trade back up into the first round to take uh, Jermaine Johnson II, the edge rusher from Florida State. That is a very good first round in my opinion. I'm also a pretty, a pretty big fan of their second round pick uh, Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State, 
certainly was one of the top playmakers in all of college football last year and was certainly a dominant force in the Big 12. But the Jets, they seemed, if all of these picks can pan out for them, they certainly seem to be headed uh, in the right direction. And I know it's weird to hear that when you're talking about the New York Jets uh, in terms of their, their play on the field for the last few dec- decades, quite frankly. But if all of these picks that I mentioned especially can pan out, uh, I think the New, the New York Jets are certainly, uh, the, the future is certainly looking bright for uh, Gang Green. All right, guys, that is pretty much all of the time that I have for today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And again, as it relates to the Titans, I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this, this class can come together. And I'm especially going to be watching with great interest the development of Traylon Burks and Malik Willis. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast, and we're going to have a lot more exciting things uh, coming up, hopefully this week in another episode. So, Stay tuned. I'll see you soon.